Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, episode number 263. I'm Ben, and with me here today is the most glorious ginger, and only the most glorious ginger. That sounded weird. I didn't mean like, oh, it's only the most glorious ginger. I meant the most glorious ginger was the only one here. Brandon, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel like there's there's a Dave-sized hole um, mm. in my heart. So you didn't feel that I unintentionally disrespected you? No, 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 Ben. You okay. intentionally disrespect me all the time, and it doesn't bother me. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> now, Brandon, you uh, you almost didn't make the show. Yeah. I, I might have been solo I, podcasting I, holy here. Holy fuck. Am, am I just glad? Yeah, I've been doing this thing where I get a bit too cozy um, in mm-hmm. the old recliner. I feel like mm-hmm. I didn't have this problem as much on the couch because I have to like fully be committed to laying down. But the recliner is like a nice in-between to where I can just nod off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was not intending to nod off after dinner. But I don't know if it's just like, is it just me? Or like when you eat, do you get just like exceptionally tired? Uh, have, it depends on what I eat, I think. Do I have diabetes? You might have diabetes. Oh, it's possible. Sakes. Well, either way, I, I'm not. I'm not a doctor. Or anything, no, no, but. neither am I. That's why I don't know how it works at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, and there's no way to remedy that. I couldn't look it up or go to the doctor to figure that out. No, but definitely not. Um, but no, thankfully I'm here. I'm ready. And people might say, Brandon, you're wearing the same shirt you wore last year, motherfucker. I got like ten of these, bitch. Um, and yeah. I'm repping the brand and I'm trusting the brand every goddamn week. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Um, so I'm good. I'm here. I'm glad we're here. I'm missing Dave, but um, mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here without you, Dave. But he's still with me <laughs> in my dreams. I also have like, I think I have five of those shirts and three of them are in a size that fit me and two of them are not. They're like too big because when we bought them, we were just like, well, let's, we had to meet a minimum order. So we all ordered like extras. And then there was a while there where I like literally was wearing one a day for the week Dude. because I don't care. Yeah. I love wearing them. They fit amazing. They're made really well. Even though they're super old, they're like barely cracking. And to be honest with you, like I wear these underneath my work shirts all the time. I probably shouldn't because I'm probably like slowly ruining them quickly, but Mm -hmm. they're just so like they fit amazing. I don't, I I have not had a, just a black t-shirt that fits this well ever. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I think it's because it's the brand. Like it had to be made it's like this. It's the brand, yeah. It had well, to be okay. made like this. We need to make a disclaimer here because we're talking about how well made those shirts are. We do have shirts for sale. <laughs> well, not like I never plug this. So I'm not trying to plug these. We have shirts for sale directly from Amazon and they're the Amazon merch brand. I have no idea the quality of those shirts because I've never seen one in person. Poot says they're so, nice. Poot says they're nice. Okay. Poot they're nice. That's good to know. He said he liked it and he got it in purple, which arguably. Dude. The purple, I wish I had one in purple. The purple I should buy one in purple. We should. Uh, the yeah. purple's elite, but the black is just like timeless. Um, yeah. So, you know, the OGs, the OGs remember the shirts. That's right. Yeah. Those we got made at a local clothing company and paid probably out the ass. 20 bucks a piece <laughs> yeah, for them or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. 20 bucks a piece, like direct wholesaler <laughs> yeah. from them. Um, we got some messages here in chat to get us started before we get into intro in the show. Radic would like to know. Brandon, do you own any designer clothes? Now, he didn't ask me because he knows the answer is no. Um, but do you, Brandon? I think I have some like Hollister clothing that I have from when I was in high school. Is um, that still brand name? It's uh, it's a design. It's it's that is a designer it is, thing. It is yeah. a design. But no, I um, I'm not exactly in the lap of luxury. Um, and I I have clothing that I've worn for 10 years. So I don't think I'm the guy to ask, like, do you have nice clothing? Because usually I buy clothes when I'm like, oh, this is really cheap. Or like the piece of clothing that I'm replacing it with had literally fallen apart um, and was unusable. Like, and even after that, I still kind of limp it along around the house Mm -hmm. occasionally because as a man, that's what I do. It's like, you know, these socks, it's time to retire them. But, you know, you just got to hold on. There's something about them. There's something different about them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Thanks to everybody who's saying hey in the chat. We appreciate it. Um, aren't my nights going well? Brandon just woke up, so his night, it's just starting it's now. It's just starting, baby. No, I need to clarify. You woke up after spending a full day at work and taking Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I, I typically don't like to take naps uh, ever. Uh, yeah. But like I said, unintentionally, your boy uh, caught some keys, so. I am not a nap person. I will occasionally be like watching TV on the recliner and di- after dinner and fall asleep for like an hour, but I don't ever mean to do that. And that's like, you know, once every other week or something, but well, I don't like it because when I wake up, I feel anxiety. Like I've missed something because well, this is not the time of the day. I don't even like to sleep at night. Of course, I'm not going to want to sleep during the day. I get it. Mine's mine's different. I don't, I feel anxiety all other times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, it's like, you know, like white noise, you know, when you hear white noise Mm -hmm. and you just stop feeling it, but it's always there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's like that. But I, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a different problem with naps. Usually I just don't take naps because when I wake up, I miraculously feel shittier than when I went to bed or than, than I went to lay down. So I think today's an outlier, and I think it's because the brand is carrying me. The brand is watching over me. This phantom is is doing it right. And I'm here for the boys. I'm here for the pod. And That's right. I have to be here, and I must be here. So I am here. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Think about that. Now, you're, Dave is going to be gone <laughs> next week. Uh, I am here this week for the 263rd episode in a row. If all goes according to plan, I will be gone next week and you guys will still be doing the show without me. It will be the first in 264 episodes I have missed. I don't know how to feel about that, but I trust you guys to carry on the brand name. Uh, The show will survive without me. 
I, I suppose it will be in good hands. To. It will be yeah. in good hands, and this will definitely be the first episode that I've been on that hasn't had either Ben or Dustin. So this will be untread mm. waters for for yeah. everyone here. It's not that I don't trust you guys to be able to carry the show. Fine, that's not it. It's more of a pride issue, you know, arrogance on my behalf. Sure. Like sure. how I couldn't miss the show. Sure, come on, because I'm me. Like I I have my own standards. Just uh, just do it from wherever you're going. I'll be on a cruise ship. I don't think they have. The appropriate internet. You're saying something that sounds like a non-issue to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a speed check. I'll do a speed check on, on the boat and see how things are going. You just bring the whole goddamn setup. You just is like, you know, you got the lapel mic and the ear or the ear pods or something. There's yeah. like fucking gulls in the background. Goddamn yeah. kids running I'm on the water the slide. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it would kind of like be a be a tuning in live from uh this side of the ocean, Ben. I think mm-hmm. it would be lovely. I'll cut in from the casino on the boat. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Ding, 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 ding. It's just, <laughs> ben hits big live on air. I could see Dude, the thumbnail, the clickbait thumbnail already, bro. Microtransactions in person. That's really what IRL. You know, yeah, yeah, IRL. Well, this is a show about video games, believe it or not. Somehow we get around to talking about them. Before that, I want to tell you, you can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash phantom. We appreciate your support there. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month to help support the show. We appreciate that. We appreciate all of you who are already there supporting us. You get early ad-free access to the audio if you are not a video viewer. We are live on video pretty much every Tuesday night. Sometimes we change it around due to schedules, states of play, all that kind of thing. But tonight is 7 o'clock. We are live on YouTube. You can also hang out with us in our Discord over at handsomefandom.com slash Discord. We like having you guys there. Appreciate it whenever we have good discussions for sure. Uh, Benji Bop says, just call in from the ship. I bet the quality is amazing and no one would be annoyed you're doing a podcast on vacation. I would be annoyed <laughs> I'm doing a podcast on vacation. Thank you. I think it'll be the first vacation I've taken in years. Well, Ben. Literal years. Like an actual vacation. I've gone away for like a weekend here and there. But the fact that you yeah. want to rest is honestly unbelievable to me. The fact that I want to, ra- I will, I will be on a cruise ship <laughs> with an eight and ten year old, as well as my sister's family with a six and four year old, or something like that. Six and five, five and four. I will not be resting. Oh my god! I just won't be working at my normal job. Uh, it'll be fun. Though. I'm not <laughs> upset about it at all. Let's get into the news, Brandon. Yeah. It's been a slow news week, but the news we have had has been tasty, a little weird. Let's go to number one. <laughs> According to Xbox era and pretty much everybody else in the entire world, Bethesda's upcoming RPG Starfield is reportedly planning for release on PlayStation 5, along with other Xbox exclusives like Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Halo, Gears of War, I, all of them. Forza? All of them. Forza, I oh. think. I don't know what's real and Less. what's a meme at this point, Less. so we're just going to say all of them. Uh, Microsoft is said to be investing in PlayStation 5 dev kits to support development efforts. Bethesda's Indiana Jones game is also rumored to be released on PS5 after an Xbox console exclusive period. While Microsoft has historically kept its biggest titles exclusive to Xbox, the company is reportedly considering a more multi-platform approach to reach a wider audience. The shift aligns with Microsoft's goal of making its games accessible across various platforms, including PC and mobile, through Game Pass. While Xbox exclusives and Game Pass would retain priority, 
Potential releases on PlayStation or Nintendo platforms could expand the reach of Microsoft's gaming ecosystem. Now, Brandon, this stuff's always changing. There's more coming down the line. There's like tons of different conversations. Of course. The one thing we know is that rumors are abundant and that eventually Phil Spencer came out and said, hey, we know you guys are talking. We'll chat with you next week to tell you what's going on. That's pretty much the only things we know for sure. That's it. But let's just go ahead. Let's just start off. Give me your read on this situation. Some of these rumors have been around for months. Some of them are much more recent, but it kind of came to a head this last weekend. Oh, man. Yeah, this, this is certainly an interesting uh, news cycle, so to speak. Um, typically, I wouldn't give much, uh, much credence to this sort of thing. Um, but I mean, honestly, I kept seeing this stuff and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. You hear some, from some like relatively credible people, you're like, okay, this is interesting. But you know, even the, even the most credible of leakers, um, oftentimes are wrong. Cause that's just the way it goes. That's the way the leaky mm-hmm. game works, Ben. Um, and stuff changes in the background. It does. It does. Yeah. And you, who knows if it's old information, what's changed since then, because nobody from the top is commenting on this until until we get Phil Spencer saying we know stuff's going on this is happening next week what does that mean to me ben i'll tell you what that means to me there's a big difference between him coming out and saying you know there's been a lot of talk you know there's been a lot of rumors going around and we just want to kind of clear things up you know, just kind of like naysaying it a little bit. I feel like PR speak is pretty good at setting expectations without giving away the end result. And I feel like the messaging from Phil Spencer was not, hey, this is not happening. It was, hey, we're going to officially say something soon. And he had to say something. I mean, honestly, yeah. I feel like saying nothing <clears throat> would have been, would have signaled to me that they were less serious of accusations that they were less serious of rumors but him saying this i don't want to say it like means it's written in stone but like there's something going on clearly something mm-hmm. yeah and i just find it pretty interesting i mean the the discourse has been absolutely batty i mean we've talked about the console war morons um time and time again it's been a <laughs> it's been you know like a monkey fucking a doorknob for years really just truly it's been um just a moron fest to watch um but this has kind of reignited the fuel so to speak it almost set gasoline on the fire um but yeah i don't know where what are your general thoughts? Because I'm kind of, we can get more into it, but I'm kind of like, this is good. This is good all around. Like, I don't care what anybody says. And if you think it's not good for the consumer, who cares how the company benefits? I don't care. You know, we could talk about how the company is going to benefit. We could talk about how Sony would benefit from this. And I'm sure we will. But like, ultimately, you know, the, the PC bros have been living this life of just playing your game wherever the fuck you want for years. And the fact that it's even carried across any other sort of platform just really doesn't make sense in today's day and age. I just wanted to see what you, what you kind of, how did you read this, Ben? Yeah. So I think that when they first started talking about games like Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush, Hi-Fi Rush it's a little weird, but it's like it's a good platformer. It's not really a platformer. It is a platformer. It's like a rhythm. It's a good game. Uh, yeah. It seems like it could be, you know, whatever. But like Sea of Thieves uh, being being a live service game makes sense. You want live service to be as many places as possible, because even though it is a paid game, you're getting more money. 
the more places it is, the more players there are, the more likelihood you're going to have people spending money in the game. So those kind of things make sense. When you start hearing these rumors about, you know, other games like which everything's pretty much a live service game at this point, but other things like Halo, um, seeing Gears of War come onto there, uh, talking about Forza, like all that kind of stuff. I think it's still a good thing. I don't have a problem with it, but it's a little more surprising to me that that could be a strategy. And again, this is all still rumor speculation. We don't know until there's an announcement from Xbox. We don't know, but I think it's, um, I like it personally. Me too. But we'll get into all the reasons I know why people don't like it. But I will say that you mentioned, you know, Phil Spencer having said something. When he says, we'll tell you more about it next week. What I hear is not a denial. Exactly. And not an outright silence. Because typically when these kind of rumors and stuff swirl around, there's either a denial or there's total, they don't even address it. But to just say like, hey, we'll tell you more about stuff next week. There's something that's valid here, in my opinion. Well, dude, it's like, it's like when mom and dad are arguing for like three years and then you know there's going to be a divorce coming, and then your dad's like, "We got to talk next week. I'm going to be at your uncle's house." You're like, "Okay, you know, I can kind of see what's coming here. You're not going to assume it's like, hey, we're coming over for dinner.' You're like, you know, my life is over. My parents hate Brandon, me. That sounded this is my your fault. parents. Your parents aren't divorced, and that sounded strangely specific and uh, pointed. No, um, <laughs> not divorced from each other. I don't know about it. You know, Maybe emotionally. Um, um, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're not laughing, you're crying, Ben. But hey, uh, Phil. Uh, Phil did outline this in such a strange way, did he not? Um, and yeah. you know, my thing for this is is we did talk a little bit ago about the possibility of Game Pass coming to PC. I think really what people don't understand. Um, truly to, to PlayStation, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think what people understand truly is that these companies don't really give a fuck about literally anything but making money. Like literally, they, they don't care that you're a big fan. They don't care that you have an Xbox tattoo. They don't care that you've bought every single console. They want to make money because they have to. Legally, they have to make money. And if you take old Microsoft games that only are available on Microsoft and you pump the numbers, very, very similar, you know, obviously, albeit is this is a bigger, um, let's just say, for lack of a better way of putting it, philosophical jump, uh, gamer <laughs> philosophy than like from PlayStation to PC because we're crossing different lines, right? It's like going in from North Korea south to South Korea almost with these cults of war people. Um, but uh, I just think, why would they not capitalize on these older titles making them more money? Mm-hmm. Why does that not make sense? And why would that not be an incredible net positive for the people that love the games? That's what I'm also very confused about. Let's say you love Halo. Let's say you have loved Halo your entire life. You've been there through the ups. You've been there through the downs. You love Infinite. You still play Infinite. And you say, man, I really just wish there was more players. Why aren't more people playing this game? The new season is awesome. I got a fix for you. Release it on PlayStation. The numbers will go up. It's free to play. Why not? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I just... I don't foresee... We did speculate on whether or not Game Pass would be coming, and I... I personally speculated that 
it wouldn't make sense for PlayStation to accept Game Pass. And I think that's still kind of like their ringer because that's like their golden ticket. And we've talked about that, how successful Game Pass as a service has been. I think the main draw for Xbox, if these rumors are to be believed, would be Game Pass because it still is an amazing service. Will that be enough to make somebody go out and buy an Xbox over a PlayStation? Depending on what kind of gamer you are, certainly. If you want to own all your 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 media physically like I do, this is more of a reason for me not to get an Xbox. But I would say I'm an outlier. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I feel like most of the people benefit from this and there's so few people who don't. And that's why the kind of shaking of the pot, so to speak, the the inserting of the penis into the bees nest, so to speak, um, <laughs> has been so confusing to me on Twitter um, because, you know, th- th- people are getting stung and I'm like, just pull it out, you know, like just yeah. just go the other way. It's a bees nest. You know, that's enough. <laughs> like, no, I, think, I, I think one of the things that to play devil's advocate here for a minute, because obviously you and I don't we don't really care. Play it, motherfucker. Ultimately. Play it. Like I want the the viability of the gaming space to remain high, sure. to be, to to get higher. But ultimately, for our play styles, it doesn't matter where the games are yeah. because we're going to play them because exactly. we want to play them. But not everybody is like that, and that's totally fine. But I've seen people speculate like, oh, if they start putting games on PlayStation, why? And the, and they barely make any money selling consoles. Like, why would they stay in the console space? And if I were an Xbox gamer who uh, bought all of my games digitally then I'd be worried if if the if the boxes go away and the only place I can play these if they just become a third party publisher and I can either play them on PC or on PlayStation and I don't really want to play on PC I want to play on a console then am I going to have all my old games that's one thing to be you know that people be upset about that sure. their digital libraries go away and to that I would say buy physical but you can on Xbox basically because they don't really sell any Xbox game I mean the big ones they do and to some extent but um that doesn't help you if the box goes away. Sure. Uh, the other thing is that I can understand people who I don't understand at all attaching your identity to a brand. No, I've never understood that. No, uh, especially with consoles because it's a little plastic box that that puts images on your screen. Who cares if the logo is green or blue? Um, it doesn't really matter to me. But there is that identity. There is that you know you become that type of like. You, you champion a brand, right? It's, we were talking earlier about trusting the brand, respecting the brand. So I can understand feeling like the things that you bought a console for, the things that you were championing, you want that industry to do well, they're just taking, like, why did I buy this when now I could have played it without buying this? Well, it, I get it, but it's also like, is your favorite Xbox title diluted because someone else on another system can play it? Right. Do you like it less? Right. When you're playing the game and having fun, would someone else enjoying it on a different color system diminish your experience? No, 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 no. It's a superficial standard that you've created. Brand Brand loyalism is like the most consumerism shit you could possibly do because you mindlessly consume while being loyal to something, regardless of whether it's actually good for that thing or not, or good at all. Um, And, you know, I get what you're saying. 
I really do. But like, I mean, part of me even wonders, it's like, you know, we, we've had these console wars. It's like, is this time for Xbox to pivot into a more PC market? I mean, obviously, they've, they have championed year after year. They've been championing play everywhere, play everywhere. How nobody could see this coming or even that it was a possibility is confusing to me. And this is the perfect opportunity. I honestly kind of foresee a future where it's like, you know, I'm not saying Microsoft or, you know, Xbox is going to come out with like a PC, but like keep the S, have a budget console for people that don't really care about graphical fidelity, that don't really need the latest and greatest. They just want to play their Game Pass games and then sell something that's super expensive at a markup. And then the people that actually want to buy it, buy it. And then you don't have to worry about like, you know, parody, PS5, you know, it could just be its own thing. And, you know, I, I'm i just talking out of my ass here, but I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, they have been the ones saying all along, we want everybody to be able to play our games where they want to play. And why this is so surprising from a company that says that sort of things, because the only reason we don't think that that was this sort of news is possible is because it never has been. That doesn't mean that it never could be. Right. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, I think really the difference that we're working with here, fellas uh, and ladies, is that this could be the difference. And I don't want it to sound so cut and dry, but like, let's say that Microsoft is not pleased with the performance of Xbox. This could be the difference between Xbox saying, hey, we're going to have to drastically scale down and the only thing we're giving people from now on is Game Pass, or we continue to sell things on a different platform and continue operating at full capacity. It's like, that's just the reality of business. It's like, you couldn't imagine what you're possibly missing out on if this sort of thing isn't for the benefit of the company. Like, if you're naysaying this thing, this could be the one thing that keeps Xbox around for longer. And I think that's what some people aren't acknowledging is that, you know, as, as, as much as this seems strange and it seems foreign, this could be the difference between, uh, you know, the next Halo being fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, realistically, the next Forza being mind-blowing, the next Gears of War being amazing. Like, if this surge in revenue, if the company thinks this is a good direction and they make a lot of money, the games you do love could potentially be better for this reason. And I think that that's something that most people aren't willing to acknowledge is that even though it's different and it's foreign and somebody else with a different shape controller might be able to play it at some point, this could be good for Xbox. And if you care about Xbox, let them do what they think is going to make them money. I mean, nobody bitches when it's something that's not controversial, how they're going to make their money. And if this is what they think's right, I mean, they have as much money as any other company in the US. And so they have to know something we don't about the statistics and how much money they could potentially be making off of an investment like this, because this is a serious thing. Um, you know, and I think by all accounts, Sony would benefit as well. So I think that like, what, Sony 30%, I would assume, right? Mm-hmm. So Unless they negotiate something different, but yeah. It's just like, man, I, I just very, very, very similar to PlayStation on PC. Who's losing? People were outraged when PlayStation announced that they were going to start bringing games to PC. And I was like, Why? Like, I don't understand. How does this hurt you and not just help other people? Two two other things that I, I want to say. 
the first, this came from our buddy Justin. He mentioned this last night, and I thought it was um, at least worth mentioning. He said, you know, Apple, Google, everybody's going through these like antitrust lawsuits. They're getting stuff taken away from them. You know, Apple has to switch. This is a different issue, but Apple sure. has to switch to USB-C. And, and now, you know, they lost the case against Epic and, uh, you know, Google is no longer allowed to do this or that. And Microsoft just went through a big trial with the FTC and they're probably going to, they said they were going to pursue it more and they're going to keep cracking down. You know, what's a good way to protect yourself than to say, than not to say like, Oh, look, we're not a monopoly. Our games are available everywhere. Exactly. The other thing, and I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not, but like, what if they see the writing on the wall or they've got a tip that, Hey, you need to, you're, you're taking up too much of the gaming space. You're going to have to start putting stuff elsewhere to not be in the monopoly. The other thing is um, we talked about Blade and there was a lot of talk about how Blade didn't have Game Pass branding on it. It didn't have exclusive on the trailer, anything like that, the Blade game. Sure. And we also know that in the Insomniac leaks, it was said that, you know, the agreement between Insomniac and, and Disney slash Marvel was that they had to sell I want to say it was like 6 million copies, but let's just say whatever X copies. And with game pass, not counting as sales, mm-hmm. I think it specified that I, I might be wrong there, but I think it specified that. And, uh, you know, blade is not a huge IP. They probably had to with a game like that say, well, this game's got to be everywhere else. We can make it. We can make the most money off of it. We can publish it, whatever. But we're going to have to put it on other systems in order to be able to fulfill our agreement with Disney. Sure. And so why not put it there? And then our buddy Jim Ryan or whoever's in charge now <laughs> comes in and says, yeah, we'll save you. We'll bail you out. You can put Blade on there. But um, we want your other games, too. We want something else, too. That would be, uh, that would be very Sony. It would be very Sony. Incredibly Sony. Sony used to say, well, you can't publish our game on... We, we won't help you publish your, your game unless we own the IP. Uh, that was a thing that they both did, actually, for a long time. But Sony did it for a lot longer. So... To say, like... Hey, guess what? This is going to be a timed exclusive on our box. But it's going to be available elsewhere. One, because we need to fulfill contractual obligations. And two, because we're a publicly traded company and we like to make money. Duh. Thank That's you. what they want. Thank you. And so ultimately it does come down to money. It always but does. I think like <laughs> they're just I just don't think they're they they did last quarter, they had a bump in revenue, but they're just overall like Xboxes aren't the services are selling money. The the boxes are not. Or, I'm sorry. The services are making money. The boxes are really compared to what Microsoft makes on everything else, they're so small. So I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why it could be. I think the more interesting thing is the the study the, to watch people online go and and trade in their Xboxes before there's even any kind of official announcement. You know, trading in their Xboxes at GameStop for a third the amount of money they bought them for, and go out and buy Playstations or Steam Decks or whatever. Right. And um, it's just a fascinating time. But I think the more places a game is, regardless of who makes it, I understand exclusives. And exclusive marketing move consoles. And ultimately, when somebody buys a console, if they're the type of person who's influenced by those things, they're also going to be the type of person that sticks to that console. And they're right. going to buy games for that console, even if they're multi-platform. So I think that uh, there are some people who it doesn't matter where a game is. And there are other people who 
they only have one system and that's where they're going to play the games and they're going to pick the one with the games they like the best. Yeah. So ultimately you're right. It comes down to money. Let's, uh, let's go through chat here for a minute. Um, I just need to know how this affects game pass on series consoles. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I really doubt that you'll see any difference on, on series consoles. And if they keep making consoles, I don't think it'll affect game pass at all, but I have no, you can expand on that if you want. Um, but I have no reason to think it would change anything. Benji Bob says, does Xbox still have an ecosystem and a storefront without hardware? I feel Absolutely. like a viable storefront with that profit split would be crucial to their bottom line. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't like, they have it on PC for sure. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, you're talking about your library. I mean, it's not always one-to-one -one from Xbox to PC, to my knowledge, like exactly. But uh, the majority of your library is available. Yeah, but I think the argument there would be it's available on PC, not on console. And there are some people who just want the convenience, the easiness of a console. They like living the pleb life. You know? I guess. That was, t said, that was said tongue-in-cheek. Okay. Tongue and true. cheek in quotes. Radix says the question is if Blade is going to be multi-platform at launch or just an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, I think anything, if they can get away with it, anything that any of these people are making, if they have to go multi-platform, anything they're making is going to be timed Xbox exclusives. Wouldn't you say, Brandon? Like, yeah, timed exclusive. I mean, obviously, this is like a popular thing in the space at all. Um, I, I foresee the draw still can be for them that you can play these Microsoft first parties today, right on our systems, you know, six, nine months down the line when we get a slow in numbers and who knows, I mean, they can even tailor that. Like that's the beautiful part of this strategy is that like, let's say your game is selling really well. Usually they have to be kind of forward about that thing. But depending, let's say that, you know, you got a year exclusivity and it shits the bed in six months. I mean, I know contracts aren't easy to, to negotiate, but like, they're like, hey, available in two months. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like it gives them wiggle room and really Microsoft can navigate this sort of space. If anybody can do it, if anybody has the money, it's like Microsoft can figure this out. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, man. It, it, it's just a weird story, man. And I would hate to see hardware go, but at the end of the day, it's like, you're right. They're just not making the sort of money they need to be making on this sort of thing. And if it's not working out, what other option do they have? Like, Radic commented and said, that's why Limbo became a 360 timed exclusive because Sony wanted the IP and the developer said no. So yeah, that's, that's what I thought. I know that, Sony was really, really strict about that kind of stuff. Like, really hard-nosed, I guess. Not strict. If they were going to help you fund it at all. Uh, especially in the early game, early days of indie games. But even later on into the PS4 era, um, if you wanted to put a game... If you wanted them to help fund the game or publish it, they were going to own the IP. Right. And you were talking about some of the discourse. You know, people throwing away their Xboxes. And it's just the same garbage. I mean, really, think I do think that we live in an age of internet where... Um, everything is done for engagement. Yeah, um, of course. And that people don't actually have genuine, hard, fast opinions about almost anything. And if you do, like I said, you're just probably an idiot. Um, 
But I think the majority of people like don't give a fuck. And we we always go back to this on this show, Ben. We always go back to this. Will most consumers, will most of the people that Xbox is even going to sell to even give a fuck or even probably know that when they see Forza on the shelf with a PS5 logo, that that's a Microsoft Studios title? Would most people even know? That's the thing is that like... You know, there's all this uprate, you know, this uproar in these echo chambers um, that are just reaching out for, uh, you know, a hundred thousand engagements. But like, most people don't fucking care. The average person doesn't fucking care, and they're not even going to know. Most likely, unless Fox News is talking about it, <laughs> most people won't give a fuck. Most people know about the Taylor Swift AI nude images, and they they have no idea about this goddamn news because yeah. the media told them about it. Most people aren't on these Twitter spaces, so I yeah. really think we talk in a nice sphere, and it's really interesting to kind of bounce all these complex ideas about like people who are really into video games. But mm-hmm. the majority of people live outside of this ethos that we yeah. surround ourselves in and are the people that are spending the majority of the amount of money. Now, you right. know, you and I, we have all the consoles, so I'm not saying we don't make up for a decent part of the market. But what I'm saying is that we're not the majority of people. Yeah. So. Agreed. Radic in chat says, do you think they should have waited until they've given their studios a chance to release their games exclusively before committing to releasing games on PS5 and Switch? Um, I don't know, because I don't know the numbers there, and I'm sure they have estimates of what these games are going to sell, but I think the important thing to remember is we don't know what their plan is yet. Like, I know you, yeah, you're not saying that it's definitive, but like, maybe what they're going to do is come out and say, guess what? We have five games that we're going to put out on PlayStation. And then after that, we're not going to, we guarantee we won't put any out on PlayStation for a minimum of one year. Like, I don't know. You know, they could, they, they could say, if they even say anything at all, it could be something like that, where it's not like we're going to automatically do this with every game we make. And you know, maybe it's a more selective thing. And, be, and, you know, we talked before and I've heard many people say if, uh, if they move on to putting Game Pass on PlayStation, which I don't know if PlayStation would allow, but if they did, that it would probably be more of a boutique kind of thing. Like right. only these games that you can't, you know, get anywhere else kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah. This doesn't make any goddamn sense, man. Yeah. Most people aren't well, going to know, buddy. That's what I'm saying. Most people aren't no. going to know. Most people aren't going to care. And uh, do you remember when we it. were kids yeah. on PS1 before that? Do you remember? Like, I remember seeing all the names of the studios and stuff that made games. I don't remember that meaning anything to me other than that the studio made that game. If it even meant that much. Yeah, it, it's. It's like, I know the name of it. I know what else they made. Right. Maybe now at this point, but that's because I care. Most people don't at all. Yeah. So I remember when I played Tony Hawk, all I knew was that this company with an eyeball had something to do with it. <laughs> exactly. I You're didn't like, know who owned them or right, whatever. Right. Exactly. So. All right. Well, uh, most people think that if a PS5 logo shows up after an NBA 2 commercial, that's an exclusive. Yeah. That's why the marketing exclusivity works. That's why um, PlayStation paid all that money to Activision to get console exclusives. That's why, yeah. Or to get marketing exclusives. That, that That's why it happens. That's why they, before they bought Bungie, they, they had a big, um, a lot of people thought Bungie and, uh, and modern warfare and stuff like that were 
PlayStation exclusives. Plays Destiny, for instance, was even at the PlayStation booth at E3 um, the last year they were there. Like, they were inside their booth. That's how much that kind of agreement intertwines them. That was before they owned Bungie, by the way. You ready to move on, Brandon? Yeah, man, for sure. I think it's about time. For sure. done talking about this? Yeah. For now? For now. Until next week, whenever well, I'm not here. Oh, and you know what? Dave. I just remembered something. You just wait. I'm waiting for it to happen on Twitter when these games come out at full fucking price on PS5, mm-hmm. and people are going to be so fucking butthurt. It's going to be unbelievable. $70 yeah. for Sea of Thieves. No, Sea of Thieves won't be that much. <laughs> I would imagine things like Starfield um will be full price but they're not i don't, I really can't imagine they'd put like a six-year-old game out at full price why wouldn't they sony doesn't it wasn't maybe but it wasn't 60 dollars when it came out initially 30, so i really doubt it's gonna be plus 30 percent. you know what i mean like yeah. you know that's yeah. that's really what we're working with it's like you want to play our games not on our console you pay a premium i'm not saying i yeah. agree with it but i'm saying like it's yeah it's completely reasonable like right right that's just me Brandon, this next one's going to make your skin crawl. Ooh, oh, I actually saw it. I don't, don't even read Not it. in a good don't way. Don't even read this. Don't even read it? You don't, want me to just skip it? Don't even read it. You're going to piss me off. Number two. Number two. <laughs> Tencent Holdings is reportedly working on a mobile version of the acclaimed action role-playing game, Elden Ring. Co-developed by George R. R. Martin and Hidetaki Miyazaki. Hidet- Hid- I can't say this first. I never can. Miyazaki. The company acquired licensing rights in 2022 and formed a team to develop a prototype. However, progress has been slow. While Elden Ring was originally a premium game with a fixed price, Tencent aims to make it a free-to-play with in-app purchases, similar to Brandon, another favorite of yours, Genshin Impact. This shift in model poses challenges due to the game's design, which focuses on a complete experience after purchase. Tencent has faced difficulties adapting console games for smartphones in the past and recently canceled a project based on the Nier franchise over monetization concerns. Despite these challenges, the company is under pressure to find a new hit. As we talked about several weeks ago, the gaming business faces threats and a plateauing market growth. Brandon, I don't really know how much there is to say about this, but can you even imagine? Imagine anything, anything somewhat anywhere near related to a FromSoft game being on mobile. And I don't mean just like the game is on your phone and you play it with a controller or whatever. It's the same game. I mean, like, how do you adapt a game like that oh, to mobile? God, dude, this... to, to the gotcha style mobile of places like Tencent. God, this fucking... This ruined my year. <laughs> <laughs> this news story ruined my year. Um, why could they not have bastardized... Uh, a less interesting series like Nier. Why did they have to bastardize a series? Well, what, what, what? Well, series. Whoa. We'll say series in quotations. It's not a series. IP, IP. Um, sorry, Edwin. Um, but they failed. They failed with a good IP before. So why don't we take an even better IP? Um that has even more complex ways of playing it and is incredibly difficult and make it free to play. Like if you would have told me, if you would have taken out some of the details of this story and said Elden Ring free to play, I would have been just as upset, but you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's Elden Ring. It's free to play. Okay. Check one free to play mark of shame. Check one free to play mark two, 10 cent mark three, Ben, the nail in the goddamn coffin. Ting, ting, 
tink closing that coffin shut. It's mobile with yeah. in-app purchases, dude. That just the coffin exploded. There's body parts everywhere. This is awful, Ben. Um, I am disgusted by this, and I hope that the entire company goes down before this happens. Every, every one of them. I'm sorry to every person that works at Tencent. I've I've been a naysayer of the company for many years. Just I want a max mass exodus after this news from the entire company. I want the CEO to be left weeping on the stoop. Um, this is bad news. Um, I don't know how else to put it, buddy. I'm I'm devastated. I'm almost. Uh, it's rare for me, but I'm almost speechless by this. As you couldn't tell, I've been talking about it for a little bit here. But are you going to print out your Steam library and then rip up the part with Elden Ring on it, oh, and dude. then you break your disc in half just because you're so mad? The protest. I might just climb on my roof and jump off head first. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so obviously, this is disgusting. Yeah, I don't even understand how it works. But let's think about it for a minute. Yeah, if you're making an Elden Ring game, yeah, and let's say you can get it to work well on a phone, sure. You don't even have to worry about touchscreen controls anymore as much because of so many, you know, adapters and Bluetooth and like you can plug in your controller, whatever. How do you monetize Elden Ring in a in a scummy way? How do you do it? Fashion. Other than other than fashion. Dude, fashion. And honestly, yeah. It's always fashion. We know this based on the monetization strategy of every goddamn game that's ever existed at this point almost. It's fashion. Mm -hmm. Dude, one of the best parts say what you want about the about the the from games but the elder fashion the the fashion souls aspect of it is one of my favorite parts you know maybe i'm just mm -hmm. a fantasy guy who likes trying on a bunch of different armors and making my guy look like a a badass wraith or like a goddamn wizard from space or some shit but mm -hmm. um yeah i just if i could give negative money to them i would i would <laughs> I if you could steal from them is what you're saying. I would I would write them a check for negative money and send it to them. And I would hope <laughs> they would cash it. They would give me all of their money. Um, but this is heinous. Uh, everybody boycott this. I'm going to start a GoFundMe to buy Tencent and then fire everybody. Uh, Ed says in chat, time-based Estes class. Oh, God. That's more what I'm thinking of. Like, yeah, there's the fashion aspect of it. But like, if you... I don't... I'll I'm thinking about how scummy, you know, oh, no. phone games work now, no. where it's like it, you can build another building in three hours or you can pay with this one piece of currency and have it done right now. This is like it. what this is it. What um, in what in Elden Ring is like that boss fight. OK, you tap the, the right side of your phone. Roll, roll. I want to pop an Estes flash. You go to do the animation, but you realize you don't have any left. Ad pops up on the screen. Two minute and 50 second ad. All right. Back to the action. Roll, roll. <laughs> get hit again. Fuck. I, I missed the dodge. Another ad. Two minutes and 30 seconds. I want this knife. Two ninety nine. I want this helmet. Watch an ad. I <laughs> just... It, it, it doesn't make any sort of sense. And of all games to adapt, um, this is just insanely frustrating. Um, I'm not saying yeah. there isn't there isn't a lot of room in the lore to kind of you know think up a creative way to uh, work it out, but this is fucking. You can sad. pay 19.99 to make the story actually coherent without Dude, having to look it up. 
God, sometimes that'd be easier. Um, you know, reading all those goddamn weapon descriptions and, and little post-it notes everywhere can be can be kind of trying uh, in between the cutscenes where people are screeching, uh, fisting dragon dragon heads. But um, yeah, this is this is bad. I'm just going to keep rambling. I'm just going to keep saying over and over again how bad this is. So we should probably probably move on before I kind of uh, get annoyed with myself talking. Number three. Rumors are swirling about a potential new PlayStation handheld, suggesting Sony's return to the handheld gaming market. Speculation stems from Sony's collaboration with AMD to develop a custom APU, sparking rumors of PlayStation handheld, possibly a Vita 2. I don't, I don't know why people are writing that, but I don't know if they'd call it a Vita 2. Insiders hit a compatibility with P- both PS4 and PS5 games. According to insights shared by Moore's Law is Dead on YouTube, Sony is reportedly in the early stages of creating a new handheld PlayStation device powered by AMD. The console, still in the high-level design phase, is expected to be released at least two years from now. I just want to throw out a disclaimer. I cited an article that cited Moore's Law is Dead. Uh, Not everybody I cite has a good track record, okay? But because other people who do have a good track record have corroborated this, I'm willing to cite him as the original... Because like, it is the first person that it really came out from. First. And then, uh, and then other people <laughs> popped up and were like, yeah, this is this is true. Uh, he's a nice guy. I just think he gets a lot wrong. While specifics about the device remain unknown, it's predicted to use 18 CUs to ensure compatibility with existing PS4 games. PS5 games may also work, albeit with potential limitations, requiring handheld patches for optimal performance due to differences in GPU clock speeds. Tom Henderson a notable in- industry insider hasn't confirmed the rumors, but acknowledges the growing popularity of the handheld market, which points to a possibility. Brandon, they just came out with the PlayStation portal. Yeah. seems like it was sold out everywhere. Maybe still is um, for a long time there. Yeah. Are they, do, do we see another handheld come in? The steam deck is huge. Yep. They've got all these other handhelds coming out from these third party companies. Like, I mean, why not have have one that actually plays games natively for PlayStation? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of this. Um, I kind of missed out on the PS Vita wave, unfortunately. I was a huge PSP fan. In fact, it was one of my favorite. Um, it really was like my console for a long time, to be honest with you. I know it's a handheld, but um, huge fan of the PSP. And I would love to see something like this come down the pipeline. You are correct in saying that. You know, the handheld market is pretty hot right now. I think we kind of got a revitalization after the switch. Mm-hmm. People saw that the, that the demand was high. Um, this makes me scratch my head even more about the about the portable, um, though, because I really genuinely think that the product kind of fucking sucks. Um, and maybe I'm the wrong. Portal? Huh? The portal? Yes, correct. I'm sorry. Did okay. I say portable? Um, I just want to make sure I heard you right. No, no, no. You're sure. right. Um, I honestly think you, most people would be better off to just buy a backbone um, and would honestly, from what I've seen, get about, if not better, performance from a backbone. But I wonder if it really is a thing where um, they were developing the portal for a long time um, and then they kind of saw a shift in the market. And I would assume that the PlayStation streaming really has not performed to their liking because a lot of the things that I've seen about it have been kind of lackluster let's say that mm-hmm. so i would love for them to partner um with amd to kind of get this figured out i think that it would be a good thing for the market the good thing for the ecosystem um i would love to see sony get back in the game and uh it sounds like they're doing it right 
I would just hate to see another iteration of the portal come out because I don't know about you, Ben, how you felt about the portal specifically, but after watching a lot of um, media about it, I just am incredibly underwhelmed. And I would hope that Mm -hmm. they would kind of come at it with a better swing this time. Yeah, the portal for me was not terribly interesting because it was exclusively, you didn't have anything native. But I will say this, I have a Steam Deck. I installed a program called Shiaki on it that lets you stream from your PlayStation to the Steam Deck. Basically the same thing that the portal is doing, except it's on my Steam Deck. So I have the option for local games, but I can also stream PlayStation on there too. And I don't know if it's just the way they have it set up or what. The streaming is... I still don't know if I'd play something like Call of Duty on it, which I wouldn't play on a console anyway. But I was... I cannot tell the difference. I was playing Grand Blue Fantasy. I only played like three hours of it, but I was playing it and I was playing it on my Steam Deck with the streaming. Granted, I was in the same house, maybe, you know, 30 feet from my router, something like that. And I literally could not notice the difference. I walked up to the TV, which was upstairs from me and was pushing buttons and I could like it it almost seemed like it was happening faster on my Steam Deck then. So there is a potential that the lag is not as bad as I would have expected from the portal, but I just wasn't interested. It's not the product for me because I want something I can take anywhere I want to go. Hold up, though. And play the games. You're talking about an unlicensed third party software on your Steam Deck. Correct. I've seen many reportings, and correct me if I'm wrong, chat, slash Discord, slash anybody that has a portal. I've seen mixed responses. I mean, clearly we're working with stuff that's a lot different than being hardwired um, or maybe, you know, the Wi-Fi adapter on a PlayStation console. But I've seen mixed reporting with the latency on the portal across the board. Um, I have to. And, you know, like concerning things for it being the main way of you consuming this media. Um, So, you know, I'm glad to hear that it's literally possible to stream well from your PS5. But what I'm saying is I want to double down on me thinking that the portal is a bad investment in most cases. I think the portal sucks. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Just to clarify, I don't want a portal. I think it looks like it sucks. And the fact that all I could do with it is stream games. Right. I couldn't ever play anything locally. Um, as well so uh, and Ed just said here what I was going to say too Digital Foundry said that the portal is just using the remote play app which is just it's it's such a misstep you know not like I said we talked earlier about brand loyalism and you know a lot of the times I have confidence in what Sony does and then they do something like this and then it's just like oh they don't know what the fuck they're doing all the time you know, not that I really think that, but it's like you just assume when you're paying a premium price for a premium product, it's yeah. going it, to, it might look nice, it might feel nice, but like, what's the most important part of this product? How it plays. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's all you do with it. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I just, I do like this news. Um, like I said, I think it's a, it's a good thing overall. I hate to hear that it's going to be so long, but if this means that we don't get a, another stinker, I mean, what do we think? I mean, obviously, pure, pure, pure speculation, but what are we talking a PS5 now? 500, right? I think it's 500, yeah. For the one with the disc. It, it, it can't be more than that. No. No. How much, it, it be, how much is the <laughs> portal? Yeah. 
I don't even know. 99? Is it 300 or is it only 200? I think it's only 200. So but 350. All it's, it's just streaming. 350? It's the backbone that never comes apart. Right, exactly. 350, 400? Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, if we're talking about a Switch potentially being 400 next console, you know, a new Switch. So. Oh, and that would kind of honestly put them in line to potentially be a direct competitor. And I mean, we've talked about how Nintendo kind of lives in its own environment because of what they make and how they operate. But, you know, maybe they're thinking about that. They saw the success of the first iteration of the Switch. We have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything but confirmed that another one's coming. And, you know, maybe that's a play to kind of kick in on that market too. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I'll buy one. Most likely. <laughs> if they come out with another PlayStation handheld, and it can play new games, not just games specifically made for it. I would play it. Portals two hundred. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. I, I, it was. I think it was one ninety nine. Um, for some reason, it was three three hundred in my head. But and two hundred, honestly, like when you consider that you don't have to use your phone, and your phone is like a thousand dollar device typically. Well, that's you know, if you have the newest phone, it's a thousand dollar device, and then you buy the backbone, like two hundred bucks to have to not have to do that, isn't bad. If you're somebody who wants to use remote play. Right. It could be worse. And also you're someone who doesn't care about the quality of what you're playing. Right. With those caveats, you will love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for me, but again, if they made something I could play natively on, I'm in. I almost almost said I don't care what it costs. That's not true, but I, I want one. That's, I'll say that. Okay, Brandon, it's time to talk about what we've been playing. Okay. Only a few news articles this show. What have you been playing, Brandon? I know what you've been Dude, playing. Dude, short and absolutely sweet. I've been, I've been a bad gamer. Um, <laughs> I've not di- diversified whatsoever. You guessed it. I'm still playing Elden Ring. Um, I caught the bug again, guys. Um for people who don't remember the when the Elden Ring came out, Brandon played it for like what four months yeah, straight. I nothing would, else. I was just like gone. I was just out of existence socially for a while, you know. Um, but this is the way it works, and I'm actually really pleased because I've done this before. I mean, I had my own personal time with Elden Ring, you know, a hundred, hundred twenty-five hours, right, something like that. And then I replayed it with one of my friends when we got another forty hours, something like that. I'm back up in the 50 hour range. So I'm going to have to look at my playtime on PlayStation. It's getting, it's getting pretty hefty and I'm happy about it because I am going just as strong as when I initially was. And it's amazing. I swear to God, Ben, I found stuff last night that I never found in any of my playthroughs. That's what's so magical about a game like this. The game's this. massive. Dude, yeah, I don't, it's I don't. absolutely insane. And shit that it's like, I literally would have have to have like walked right by this window that I never jumped through a million mm-hmm. fucking times I've been playing this game and I never just like jumped through it. So it's absolutely wonderful. I'm hitting an amazing stride. Um, if anybody was watching the stream at all, I'm doing a, I'm doing a twin blade playthrough. Um, and I kind of set up the build in such a way that a lot of the things I needed were like in mid to like beginning of late game. So I'm really rounding out the build and hitting a really amazing stride. Um, and I'll actually be playing it a little bit after this, but um, still loving it quite a bit. And I, I've been playing more with you. I feel like we're, we're at a really good pace as well. We just got to the, um, 
what is it the the mountaintop of the giants so we got to the snow area which is not quite end game but we're really creeping into end game here now which is really fun i think that if we really hammer down i think that uh even though the end is slower because it's more difficult i think in the way that we're playing it we'll be able to um you know kind of round out this experience here hopefully yeah the seamless co-op changes everything absolutely for sure uh, for me, that's honestly the majority of what I've been playing, I guess. But I've also got two other things. Uh, I realized it was getting close to the end of the season in Fortnite. And I had like the regular battle pass done. I had a lot of the bonus stuff done, but they added in the extra rewards with Snake and uh, with Solid Snake and then also some other bonus rewards. So I hopped in, completed all the challenges, unlocked everything that's available for me to unlock right now. And I did it in like four or five hours the other night. Maybe it was even three or four hours uh, just to make sure I got that finished up because I don't know how much longer the season is, probably a month, but I'll be gone for a week and then, you know, things could come up. My computer could blow up. I don't know. Uh, but I love Fortnite. It's always it's always good. Uh, even when it's bad, it's fun. So I'm still trash at it. It's just so uh, I've never been. Man. Yeah, there's so much that changes. And and I really like the just that no build is here. It seems, you know, permanently to because stay. it just makes it. Instead of it being a game about who can play the most, it makes it about who can play the best. And I feel like when I couldn't devote a bunch of hours to learn how to build in Fortnite, especially back when we started playing Fortnite and all you could do was build, they didn't have, you know, we didn't have private servers. We didn't have anywhere you could go to figure out to practice building. You had to learn how to do it in the game while you were playing against other people. So uh i was asked in chat if i bought the raiden skin i did not buy the raiden skin i didn't even i don't even know that it was in there when i was playing but uh the other thing is i've been playing prince of persia the lost crown and i really did not expect to like this game as much as i did have i played the sands of time um back when it came out basically and I enjoy that, but this is obviously very much different than that. Um, I think it's described as an action adventure. It's like part, uh, it's side scrolling, part platformer, part Metroidvania, part like it's really charming and surprisingly difficult at points. Um, sometimes it's just super easy, but the difficulty comes in the way of navigation as well as you know having to backtrack and unlock stuff that you get new powers for and then some of the bosses are even tough and in some ways it reminds me of like they stole a from formula because you know you have these areas where you rest you regain all your stuff it resets everything you know there's nothing there's no greater compliment than than imitation i suppose you could say so um i'm really enjoying it i like it a lot i've probably got like five hours in it six hours in it and i don't know how long i think it's like 10 to 15 hours of a game um but it's it's really good and it's uh great on handheld for sure so i would encourage anybody to check that out give it a shot um i feel like it didn't probably sell all that well even though it got like an 88 metacritic score i think so it may drop in price it's an ubisoft game um pretty good chance it's gonna drop in price pretty quickly but i'd give it i'd give it a hearty recommend at least so far from me and surprisingly like it's 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 all about the gameplay with this game for sure but the story is actually not bad it's uh it's pretty good actually. Nothing gonna knock your socks off. But it's um good. it's more than serviceable, I would say. Sure. Yeah, I did hear that game was rather difficult. I feel like now correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, I feel like that sort of platformer 
doesn't, even if it does really well critically, does not always uh, provide mass appeal. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And I mean, it was only $50 to begin with, so it's not like, it's not like it's a super premium title or something. Right. That they're going to try to milk forever, but. And honestly, I'm just glad to see the IP back. I'm not, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be transparent and say that I never played the original IP, but I, being in this space makes me understand how much people enjoyed the games the first time around. So to kind of revitalize um, your boy is kind of good news. So, yeah. I think that's all we got. That's man. it, man. We made it. We made it. We missed Dave, but we made it. We, we do miss Dave. Uh, don't forget again to go and check out the Patreon if you would like ad free early access for as little as a dollar a month we appreciate it hang out with us on Discord over at handsomephantom.com slash Discord we appreciate that too we'll hang out here and chat and talk for a few minutes and then um, we'll be out of here but for now for you audio listeners we'll see ya later the HP Podcast is sponsored by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following members are at the $5 level, and we appreciate their contribution. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Hoot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Link. <laughs> 